you are tuned in to a new episode of Trapped in a Bubble. I am your host, Dr. Tim Apology. Today's episode is on reflection. This time last year, I was in a different place. Uh, one was a job, one was life, and one was relationships. Okay? So, this time last year, I was doing security. Now, this was 2018. Now, 2019, Tim's counterpart is not doing security. And it's kind of interesting to see how when a person gets sick and tired of a thing or a person how you would you would try everything humanly spiritually and whatever possible to move out of a certain arena or a certain level out of your life okay so I was a person who who at six years old I pretty much knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a police officer. Um, I tried three times. Went to the academy three times. So, and failed two times. And what I learned was each time it made me a better and a strong person. Uh, then the third time, it was like, okay, I got it. But one thing I had to look at it was, it was my mindset. My physical body was able to do it. Uh, but my mindset wasn't there. It was like, hey, I can make life and death decisions when it comes to on a job. But when it came to my personal life, I wasn't able to do that I had to really struggle and I really had to fight to really get to that point um, with all the things that goes on in life you realize how fragile and how precious life truly is uh, when you when God shows you how evil the world can be and also how beautiful the world can be all in the same connotation and it's good people and it's bad people and it's people that are good people but their circumstances it kind of appears on the outside that they're bad but in reality they're not and then you have another reality that people are just bad because they just basically making a conscious decision that's who they are and that's what they want to be and that's okay. Um, as I grew up to about, I would say, 10, one day I was 
outside playing with some kids. And um, I was at my grandmother's. I was spending time with my grandmother, my grandparents. And uh, something told me to go in the house. And I went in the house. And I did, and I saw something that pretty much forever changed my life. And I didn't realize to the extent of it changed my life. What it was that I saw was I saw my grandfather choking the life out of my grandmother. Now, like I said at the time, I'm 10 years old, you know, and I, I'm scared. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, but I knew if I didn't act quickly, I knew that my grandmother would have died at the hands of my grandfather. And um, my grandfather was a short stature man. He was only like four foot something, but I wasn't even four foot at the time, so. Me obviously he was a he was a giant in my eyes and plus ten years old, so I prayed. I said, "God, give me strength." And out of nowhere, I got the strength, and I ran over and I said, "Stop!" He was choking my grandma to the point she was changed. She was changing colors. She was grasping air. So I ran over to him and I grabbed him by his neck and I rammed him against a wall. There was a south wall in the kitchen. My grandmother was grasping for air. She fell to her knees. And I picked up the phone to call 911 to get the police for help and get paramedics to help for my grandmother. And as I was dialing, she's like, please. She said, son, please don't call. Please don't call. I was like, grandma, you need help. She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, what I didn't realize was that time that was domestic violence. And, uh, that was the year 1988. And so, later on, I don't know what my grandmother had said to my mother. My mother had whooped me. So, I guess that was the price I had to pay to protect my grandmother. And if I had to do it again, I would still do it again. And so I asked my mother, I said, why did you whoop me? I didn't do anything wrong. And so I told her the story of what happened. And so For a while, I didn't stay over at my grandmother's house. I didn't know why. I guess my mother felt like uh, she didn't want no harm to come to me. From that point on, 
I wanted to be in security and law enforcement. It was not more of the aspect of being a cop and all that different kind of stuff. It was more of the lines of protecting people. Um, later on in my 20s, um, I did security. I worked for numerous places. And each place, I was a learning experience, some more than others. And so it also built my character. When you're faced with life, death situations, either in your own life or someone else's life, someone closest to you or just around you, it changes you, okay? So do I have a lot of experiences and adventures by being in that field? Yes. When I look back on it, do, do I miss it? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I do not miss it at all. Now, um, now with the adventures that I've had, I mean, since I'm in the process of writing different storylines and characterization, characterizations for some characters, uh, I have a lot. I have a lot to write for for a lifetime. Um, one day I was at work at my old job. I was sitting in the booth. I'm kind of going back and forth. I know that. But as I'm talking, I'm kind of reflecting. So certain things is coming back to my mind. So I'm actually just outside walking around. I just wanted to give you a little story. I was sitting at the desk. Nothing major happened. And so a lot of times people feel like if something major or dramatic goes on in your life, that's when you should make a life change. In some cases, that, that's, that's true. But sometimes there's not always rain. Sometimes it's not always thundering and earth shaking. Sometimes it could just be the day that the earth stood still for you. And you were reflecting on your life. And you're like, hey, you go over your, your own personal scorecard about your successes, your defeats, your laughs, and your cries. And I was at a place to where I was not happy in my life. I had people in my life that surrounded me that did not encourage me or to push me at the time. Now, you can't expect for people to push you if they're in your circle and they don't even push themselves. They don't love you. They don't hold you accountable. And so I looked to the left and I actually, God's my witness everybody, I saw the area of how I looked 20 years prior, okay? To the left, I saw myself when I was in high school as a freshman. That was 1992. I looked to the right of me, saw the same thing. Now, when I first looked to the left, I saw my very first job, which was Tippin's Restaurant. And I was washing dishes and I worked my way up to a cook. And the problem was, it was no, nothing of a remnant, nothing to remind anyone 
who was not born during that time or living during that time. Any no traces of it even appears even the same. Well I look over to the right, it was Bannister Mall. If anyone's from Kansas City area or St. Louis area or Kansas area, you know about Bannister Mall. If you was around that area between the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And there, I started, I guess, my career with law enforcement. I started as an officer and I worked my way up to a sergeant. And, and God told me to close my eyes and I closed my eyes. And when I looked to the right of me, all I saw was dirt, open land of what it appeared to be last year. Dirt. Okay. On the left side of me, what appeared to be was dirt, but two buildings stood, and a third building was being erected. So, the crazy thing was when I had got hired at this place, I just might as well put it out there, Cerner. Don't work for Cerner. <laughs> well, that's that's gonna be another uh, topic, another thing later. If you don't know about them, I'll let you know and I'll break it down all the way. And so when I first started, it was a little bit of remnants left from the 2000 early 90s because it was a couple of buildings that was was has been you know closed down because they had bought it so and then i looked in the same spot i was where i was when i first started working and the problem was with that i was turning oh my god i was turning 41 at the time when I had this revelation and I cried I cried dead work I felt like I have not progressed in life yeah I went back to school yeah I got a degree you know when I first left the area I had my associate's degree I left went on did other stuff when I returned I had my doctorate's degree and it's like I didn't have anything to basically reflect my degrees, my experiences, my certifications. I didn't have anything to reflect that I had actually moved to another level. Now, what I found out was, looking back, was, first of all, it was my mindset. I felt like I didn't deserve more. And the thing about it is, if you have the mindset, if you feel like you don't deserve more, then guess what? That's gonna, that's gonna transcend, uh, spiritual and it's going to crystallize into the physical you know it's just something even if you don't open your mouth people will be able to read it you know what i'm saying if if you can't even vision it dream it then you can't achieve it you know what i mean and when i finally made that kind of decision that hey i'm ready to go i'm ready to move on to the next level God said to me, 
son, are you ready? Are you sure? And I was like, yes, I'm tired of doing security. I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of doing that. You know, there's no future. There's no future in it. You know, if anything happens to me on the job, you know, what are my kids going to get? You know what I'm saying? 5000 a piece if anything happens to me. I mean, that's crazy, you know. But they can live what? Well, they can all live together for three years and pull the money together. Or 5000 barely a year and a half, depending on where they stay and how they manage their money and if, they're, if they work. And so I started looking at these things. And so then all of a sudden, my job started messing with me. And first, now, I, like I said, I worked at this job for two years. Everything was cool. All of a sudden, now it was a problem. It was an issue with how, how I did my job and everything like that. So it was like officers would just be lazy, wouldn't even check buildings. They would go. They would go get coffee. They would go get get their snacks. They would you know, go to one of the break rooms, chill out, watch cable. They'd be in one of the game rooms playing video games. You know, So I was working my ass off. You know what I mean? You know, but the minute that I stopped doing it, one day I came in, I was I was I was sick, my head was hurting, my feet were hurting, you know, it was an issue where you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So then I started thinking like, wait a minute, you know, as many times that I've came in here, worked double shifts, worked overtime, covering people's shifts, you know, either I came in on my own or people not showing up, you know, felt like that was unfair, you know. Is it is it somewhat was racial motivated? Of course it was, you know. But for the most part of it, I could have made a conscious decision at the time to say, hey, you know what? The hell with all of you. I can go back. I can go back to my old job and work it. Even though it would have been, I would have been taking like a three dollar hit, but I would have been at peace. It gave me time to regroup, you know. But I stayed. And so the problem was, I don't, I, at the time it was a problem, but it's not a problem for me now. But I looked, I started putting in applications. No one would, would call me back. I would call nothing. I'd email all that different kind of stuff. Um, went to job fairs. I'm like, okay, God, what's, what's, what's up? What's going on? And so then they put me on a work, work performance plan, this, this, this. And then, so the thing about it was, I said, okay, I don't want to leave this job. I don't want to get fired. I don't want to be on my, my record, my employment record and everything like that. So I tried to get out of there before, but it was like they was trying to get me to quit. And I was like, hey, I got a family I got to take care of. You know, I got to stay. So so then I had the mindset of, hey, skip it. You know, I'll work here so they get rid of me. You know, if nothing opens up. So they put me on on a performance plan. They had different people, you know, they had different officers walking with me, evaluating, they had different supervisors. It was just bullshit. I'm just gonna say what it is. Um, so uh, they had me check everything in the building. I And these were tower buildings. These were 11 and 12 and 13 floors that I had walk, walk. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, with body armor on, gun belt on, all that different kind of stuff. So, you know, you got to think when you're putting all that armor and stuff on, you, you know, you're adding 40 pounds to, to your body. It was to the point to where I dropped 20 pounds from the sweating and, and the walking and everything like that. People thought I was working out. And I was like, I didn't have time to work out. I was like, hey, I was at, I was at work. This was just normal duties. This was out of, you know, working 10-hour uh, shifts. You know what I mean? And so, so I was like, yeah, whatever. I saw it coming, whatever. 
you know. And so it, it, it came towards, towards the end when my mindset began to start to change. I said, okay, I see what's going on. I'm better than this. I'm like, fuck this damn place. You know, I'm better than this. You know, I have a freaking doctor's degree. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, at that time, I was in the process of, uh, I, I had started writing my first book at the time. And so I was like, no, nah, hell with this place. Um, I'm going to ride it to the wheels fall out. So it came to the point of I started walking. I checked every fucking thing, you know what I mean, to where they were getting tired. Well, these, these, these cocksuckers, his managers, you know what I'm saying, they couldn't even keep up with me. They didn't have no body armor on. All they had on was a badge and, and, and a sidearm gun. You know, oh, man, oh, man. I'm like, okay, you're not even wearing boots. You're wearing tennis shoes. You know, I'm wearing boots, all that different kind of stuff. You know, get the hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? And so, 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 after the 30-day uh, work evaluation, I kind of knew what it was, you know, what was going to happen. So, I started preparing my mind. God started saying, hey, they're going to fire you. It's was like, okay. So, I started preparing my mind. I started preparing my heart for it, you know. And so, so then, on the Monday, they called supervisor was happy so i already knew oh come on he, he, he. It's like okay you know get the fuck out of here you know what i'm saying and so so i went into hr i didn't i didn't fully dress in uniform because I, I knew i just knew it was coming and so i didn't i didn't put on my gun belt i didn't have my vest and all that i left all that stuff at home i just went i just went in uh my uniform pants and a shirt and my badge i don't wear nothing else i took my uh my access ids with me i took my computer laptop uh with me okay just to paint a picture Go to Human Resources, you know. You know he was a, he was a fucking coward. He couldn't even look at me in my eyes. I was looking at him in his eyes. Uh, HR was like, "We know all we hear." He was put on a uh, 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 performance plan. You didn't you didn't uh, see the expectations of it, and so we decided to terminate your employment. I was like, "Okay, cool, cool." Uh, so so soon as HR lady said that. I went ahead, took took my badge off, and I had I had I handed it to her. I gave her my access. Now at this time, my uh, my uh, what you call it, my coward, uh, cowardly ass supervisor left the room. Then he had this this other one, you know. And so now at this time, he wants to talk talk, you know, mess. To the point of he's trying to get me to provoke. I'm like, hey, it's over. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing to, to deal with. I mean, when when I really looked at it, I mean, I was going through hell for the first, you know, two years that I was there anyway. I was looking at the money. You know, I was at a good place at my other job. The job wasn't paying. I came over here, gave me a seven dollar jump. So you know, sometimes, you know, all money ain't good money. You know, and so I said, okay, okay, God. And so I walked out. Did I get to my car? And then I cried? Of course. I don't want them to see that. You know what I mean? And so, I got fired on a Monday. I'll tell you how God worked. Okay, I got fired on a Monday. Tuesday, I go to this job service uh, place, and I start to uh, get my unemployment uh, started. And uh, I was in the uh, job uh, service. I was in there. I was crying. I was like, you know, it's like, man. And so... I met the director at the time, who's my director now. Uh, she was like, yeah, man, you know, can I talk to you? I was like, yeah, sure. She said, well, why are you crying? I said, hey, you know, my job just, you know, uh, fired me yesterday, and school's about to start, and I don't know, 
how I'm going to get my kids their clothes and their school supplies and everything like that, you know. And so she looked at me. She was like, do you have a resume? I said, no, ma'am. And like, like I said, you know, everything just happened yesterday, so I was just caught unprepared. And so she said, uh, come out to this place where I work in now. And she was like, uh, I'll make sure you get a job. So I called my cousin. She, uh, she gave me a haircut. She gave me a shave. Uh, I got some, got some slacks uh, from my dad. And I had a shirt. And, because uh, I didn't really have the money. And I actually put in the cleaners and starched it up real nice. I get to the interview, and the interview was probably like maybe five minutes. And I was like, wow. It's like, it's kind of real, real basic. It's like, well, we just ask you questions for a formality, you know, uh, such and such told us uh, to give you the job. We just asked you a question for a formality. So I was like, man, man. So I start crying. Yeah, it's like, man, how God works, you know what I mean? And so, I've never heard of anyone getting fired from a job and getting a job, another job, the same week. I haven't heard that since the 90s. And so, so now I'm looking back a year later, and uh, I work my way up to a supervisor. I'm a team lead now. You know, I started on the phone, and I got promoted, you know. And I, I thank God, you know, because when I looked at it, I'm making more money than what I made in my other previous job. And see, since my previous job was doing cutbacks anyway, they, they were cutting my pay. So, so now I make more money than what I was making from the previous job. So what I'm saying is now, looking back a year later, I'm like, man, I've grown so much. I mean, I also had to make some executive decisions. I had to cut some people out of my life, you know. But it was it was good because they were holding me back. They were holding me back. It was killing me on the inside, you know what I mean? And and so I thank God sometimes, man, you know, guys and girls, you got to get those negative people out your life because if you don't, you know, you, everyone that listens to this podcast, and everybody here that's on this planet that we call Earth, everybody's meant to be great. Everybody was meant to be great. Everybody's meant to be great. But the thing about it is, no one's gonna make you be great. Only you can make that conscious decision, make that mind shift change, and say you're gonna be great. At whatever you do. And so now, a year later, I'm at a better place in in myself, my mind. Uh, what can I say, my mind again? Because you cannot put a price tag on the sanity of your mind. People will literally drive you crazy if you allow them to. And sometimes, you got to play chess while they're playing checkers. And so, a year later, I got my book finished, which you'll be hearing about that pretty soon. Um, I finished that a few months ago. The editor's waiting on me to send her her the money. Thank God for her patience. But I'll be paying her 
for my editing for my book on next Friday. So now I'm about to get a, a cover together. So my target to release the book is going to be sometime between August and September of this year. And now I'm starting to write a comic book with my son. And the comic book is, you guys might laugh, but it's trapped in a bubble. So it's going to be different experiences, different things that's going on. There's different things that I'm working on now that I'll, I'll release to you guys very soon. I thank you for the ones who listen support. Remember, you're meant to be great. And keep in mind, when one door closes, another door will open. I talk to you soon. I love you guys and girls. And I'm out.